0: Welcome to Wallflowering with Litwit's fourth episode of our series, The Aesthetic Appeal. Today, we are going to focus on one of our favourite aesthetics, dark academia. As an aesthetic, it revolves around classical literature, the pursuit of knowledge, and is linked to old universities like Oxford and Cambridge, authors like Oscar Wilde, and long days working tirelessly on academic projects, rushing late into the night by a candlelight and staining your fingertips black with ink, and being utterly absorbed in the world of knowledge. You should also check out one of our episodes on light academia if you're one of those people who are obsessed with romanticizing the student and college life.
1: So, I love talking about history and it's always been one of my most favorite topics of discussion. Um, well, everything under the sun has its own history. It has a story of its own to share. And Dark Academia too has an interesting story. What uh, makes its story fascinating is the origin of the aesthetic. Now, when we look at the origin, it really, the aesthetic really did not come up as an aesthetic itself. Rather, it emerged from uh, what we can largely call a book club. This was majorly because the key inspiration of the entire aesthetic is considered to be this novel uh, called The Secret History which uh, is written by Donna Tart. Now the readers of this novel and other classic and Gothic novels came together and started forming book clubs. Uh, so we see the emergence of book clubs and book pages on Tumblr in around in 2015. And book pages started creating content. Uh, so mood boards gained a lot of popularity during this time and they were a major portion of the content that the book clubs were creating. So now the mood boards that were, de- uh, that were designed didn't really suit or didn't really resemble rather the current dark academia style that we see and they were rather minimalist. Oh. Also, most of the visuals of uh, for these mood boards uh, came from Harry Potter, uh, right? And also, the aesthetic during this time was limited to just studying and learning. Now, still, even though it wasn't really resembling the current academia style, it is still this um, is still considered to be the emergence of the aesthetic. And now we jump to two years in future, that is in 2017, and we see Instagrammers like Ryan Taylor and Maria Teresa Negro who blew up the aesthetic. Uh, and dark academia really experienced popular popularity during this time. And so what we can say in a way that it developed from being um, what we call... Um, an intellectually inclined community to a fully-fledged lifestyle concept. And uh, much of this development actually uh, happened because various social media platforms emerged during this time. And uh, the lockdown that we experienced uh, actually helped the aesthetic reach its popularity. Uh, ...reached the peak of its popularity, sorry, and um, that pretty much was it for the history of the aesthetic. I mean, it isn't much, but it's still notable. So dark academia is extremely popular among teenagers and young adults, and they are the generation who have really helped um, the aesthetic achieve the popularity that we see today. Um, Dark academia is a recent development and one of its key features is academics. So, academics, I mean of course, academics is something almost all of the teenagers and young adults relate to. Uh, The setting of the aesthetic also is typically school or we see the inclusion of a close friends circle. Um, Also, academic competition and all of these are integral parts of the lives of teenagers and adults. Um, not to forget, the aesthetic became popular during the lockdown phase, when co- schools and colleges were shut, um, and in a way it helped fill the void that we all experienced. Uh, now, this aesthetic is also filled with dark concepts like mysteries and murders, which add excitement to the plots. Typically. Uh, that, are typically sur- that, are, that typically surround academics or academic life, um, which helps in making them more appealing to a wider range of audience. Um, escapism is also something important. So, I mean, it's no news that we live in a world which is driven by technology and social media, and this is where dark academia acts as a form of escapism and helps us travel to a time when things were much slower and simpler. Um, also, it is extremely appealing to the LGBTQ community say, uh, since it emphasizes on inclusivity and gender fluidity. So if we look at some of its most notable works, we see that they are either explicitly or um, subtextually, if I can say that, um, gay narratives. And lastly, also um, in a way, a part of Dark Academia's appeal, is more approachable aesthetically, as compared to other popular internet subcultures.
0: There are many ways you can incorporate elements of the dark academia trend into your home without risking dating your interiors in the future. The trend lends itself well to a timeless design, as it can include more classic features which never go out of style, and a color palette with dark, moody, neutral beige-brown shades. As the name suggests the color scheme for this aesthetic comprises of dark and moody colors so the goal is to bring in a lot of neutral to dark tones into the room and create a very moody vibe if you are decorating your bedroom the bedding can be kept bulky with a lot of layers of sheets duvet and blankets preferably a bouncy big mattress all this to give the effect of an old dorm style bedding just like harry potter's dorm room in hogwarts for instance the aesthetic dog academia at the end of the day revolves around academics and learning, so books are an obvious part of the decor. Look for chic decor items you can buy off of thrift stores that look like antique books but are storage boxes. You can maybe even bring in old and new books and stack them all up. Keep them everywhere around the room to bring in that aesthetic, academic feel. For furniture, it is important to stick to the moody, mystery vibe. Any light-toned furniture can mess up the aesthetic we are going for. So it is important to use rusty, dark wood furniture for the decor. You can thrift some old vintage furniture with engravings or possibly reuse some old pieces lying around. You can uh, maybe add a mirror with a golden frame somewhere in the room for that vintage look. Mystery as I said earlier is core to this aesthetic. So try to fill up the room with some hand-picked trinkets and accessories that have a story attached to them. Small, mysterious pieces of decor can really add to the personality of the room. Try adding Greek sculptures as they are very popular in this aesthetic or culture. You can thrift such sculptures, it's even better if you find broken or chipped ones. If that is not a possibility, there are many such items available in online stores and maybe even sustainable thrift shops. You can add plants, but not all sort of plants may go with this aesthetic. The ones I can think of that look the best are creepers. If you don't have a green thumb, you can go for artificial plants that can be easily found on Amazon. You can just place them on books, near windows, or random corners. Display art supplies or music instruments. Once again, academia is the core essential part of the aesthetic. You can add your art supplies like a wooden easel or music instruments such as a violin or a guitar as part of the decor.
2: Allow me to talk about the dark academia fashion from a very personal perspective. Um, one that I have gained by trying to revamp my entire wardrobe into a dark academia mood board from Pinterest. So let me start with the palette. Guys, the palette, the palette, it has... The most beautiful colors in it. It's got the grays and the browns and blacks and maroons and whites. The goddamn whites, dude. More like the white dudes. But more on that in discourse. Moving on. A Mont Blanc pen, a pocket Shakespeare, a vintage camera, some coffee cigarettes and, of course, existentialism are essential accessories that a dark academic must carry, regardless of the imminent threat of lung cancer and the Dostoevsky syndrome, more commonly known as permanent existential crisis. And, of course, the gods of D.A. fashion just pretend that Earth is doused in perpetual winter, since the aesthetic... Entertains only sweater vests, sweaters, suits, Oxford and Brogues, the peaky blinders hat, tweed coats, and basically every Indian summer nightmare. Because hey, all hail Eurocentrism. Am I right? Am I right? And besides, this taste of fashion is every bank account's nightmare as well. On an average, If I were to bring together, say, a tweed coat, a nice shirt, a nice white shirt, a pair of smart cinched pants, and Oxfords, I kid you not, it would cost me about 12,000 bucks for one single outfit. Just one single outfit. As you can see, Taste for fashion and budget for fashion are two very different things. Which is why, which is why I make do with a very Indo-centric DA aesthetic. And I promise you I'm not being biased. But there's something about incorporating the DA into the Indian culture that just makes me fall in love. I mean, I see, I see kurtas and dhotis and shararas and silk and cotton sarees, chigankari clothes and mojris and jhumkas and it's and and if I'm being honest I am looking at a very heavy influence of pre-independence Indian fashion and again in all honesty that isn't because of its aesthetic appeal but rather because it because these clothes were the revolution fashion. They were the clothes weaved by the few artisans whose mills weren't burned down yet. It's the clothes from back when art and academia were actually appreciated and artists and academicians were respected. Another reason could be the parallel fashion of the Eurocentric DA and the Indocentric DA. That is both sides of the DA fashion follow the same pre-World War II style. And additionally, I'm very happy that uh, the Eurocentric day fashion has successfully managed to blur the gender boundaries a little bit. Not that I mind the skirts, but I really, I I promise you I really don't mind that. But let's accept it. Pants are comfortable, right? But there's one thing we need to remember. These aesthetics are for you and not the other way around. So it's alright to match formal pants with a kurta. Or wear a tweed coat on your sari. It's okay to make the aesthetic your own. Because it's about time we change dark academia. From a place of elitism and rigidity. To a place of comfort and a place where you can feel like you belong.
1: Food. Well, it's always something that we can talk about. Now, I honestly, I already did not know that we could incorporate um, aesthetics in our meals as well. But, I mean, yeah, that came to me as a fascinating surprise. Um, unfortunately, uh, dark academia isn't really a big thing, uh, is, isn't really very fond of food. There aren't a lot of food recipes or food items that um, the dark academics are fond of. There are only a few but we shall talk about them anyway. So um, first when we look at drinks we have coffee of course and then we have something called as Earl Grey tea. Now I googled what this was and it basically is a tea which is flavoured with the oil of a tree called bergamot. Now this sounds like something I'd want to try and at the same time it sounds like something I'd never want to try. But yeah. And then of course we have um, wine and champagne, fancy stuff. So also, the recent trend that we had, which was blowing the internet during the lockdown, Dalgona coffee happens to be a part of this aesthetic, which was a big surprise to me again. I really did not expect that to be a part of dark academia. Well, yeah, um, that's it for beverages, beverages. like I said, there isn't much, Uh, but yeah. Now, uh, when we move to food, uh, favorite ingredients of dark academics seem to be chocolates, fruits, nuts, of course, and then we have mushrooms. (laughs) All those people who know me are either probably smiling or laughing at this point because they know how much um, of a strained relationship I have with mushrooms. But yeah, (laughs) moving on, we have, um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, croissants croissants, croissants and, um, <laughs> and uh, cakes which are a big deal in this aesthetic. Uh, also I I was surfing through the internet uh, looking for some food items or some recipes that I could talk about when it came to dark academia and I actually came across some recipes that I personally consume in my everyday life and I really, really like these and I would like to recommend these to you guys. So. Yeah, first of this, uh, first of uh, these recipes is chocolate croissants. Uh, I mean, chocolate and croissant make a great pair, and it's a perfect choice for um, breakfast. So yeah, uh, another great breakfast option uh, from this aesthetic, I would say, would be smoothie bowls. These are something I discovered during the lockdown, and I've fallen in love with them. I absolutely love them, and it's a must-try and the last thing is tiramisu it's a great choice for dessert and um, the creaminess that it has and the bitter sweet taste um, of the tiramisu both are to drive f- uh, both are to <laughs> both are to die for uh, well yeah that's basically it for the food there isn't much like I said but I mean we could survive with what's there Dark academia music is such
3: a vast sea of anything that can evoke all the emotions that are associated with being transported to the perfect dark academia setting. We already know that the dark academia setting is boarding schools and universities and all the elite upper class high schools that teach the classics to their students. Everything is so pretentious and at the same time, I love it. So the instruments that are usually associated with DA music are piano and violin, and maybe some cello, and the music itself will cover a variety of themes that are associated with dark academia. So if you're into classical music, this aesthetic is definitely for you. Musicians from the Baroque era like Bach and Vivaldi, the Romantic ages like Franz Liszt and Tchaikovsky have to be on your playlists. The mood of the music can range from romantic to epic or melancholy to overwhelming. There's a lot of chaos and it's so beautiful. Others like Beethoven, Frederick Chopin's Nocturnes, and Eric Sadie, who, by the way, is the composer of Gymnopede, which is a piece that has been making its rounds on TikTok and Instagram for a while now, uh, should also be on your playlist. It's nice to put a name and, um, composer to the piece that we've been hearing for so long. And if you want more contemporary modern music that everybody actually listens to these days, then you're going to relate to the music more. I always feel like DA songs always have their own story. Most songs have their own stories. Don't obviously most of them do have their own stories, but DA songs will talk about betrayal and death and love and crime and mystery and There'll be so many classical allusions to the l- in the lyrics. I'm not kidding. This kind of stuff really overwhelms me in a good way. And um, Ludovico Anaudi's experience also took the internet by storm, and I'm so glad to say that it's part of the D.A. aesthetic because because if it wasn't, it it just it, I don't think it would fit anywhere else. It really fits here, and it works well. One of the best examples of adding allusions to lyrics is Hosier. If his music is not dark academia, I genuinely don't know what is. Songs like Cherry Wine and B Be- B. Oh my God, that song is brilliant. Both these songs are so brilliant. If you search for dark academia playlists, you're one hundred percent going to see Hosier on them, and even Lord. Songs like Glory and Gore, A Writer in the Dark, Buscut Season, and Ribs should by default, be on your playlists. Of course, you you should personalize your playlists and not just follow any rigid rules, but once you listen to these songs, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to add them anyway. Florence and the Machine, Mother Mother, and Lana Del Rey are other artists who've created beautiful songs that fit the aesthetic perfectly. And every playlist is going to have Eleanor Rigby by The Beatles on it, so you might as well give it a listen because you are going to love it. Of course, I know that everybody isn't into analyzing music and lyrics, but there's still a way to forget about the academia part of music and just focus on the aesthetic itself. So if you can listen to DA playlists to romanticize your studies, I can recommend Dark Academia Lo-Fi Beats by Rui Tong, which is a playlist on Spotify. If you're a writer and you really need some inspiration, check out Dark Academia Writing Music by Rosanna. One of my favorite DA playlists is Modern Dark Academia by Shreya. It literally has all my favorite songs. We'll include a list in the description because I know how important having a good playlist is in order to set the right mood. So don't worry, it'll be there. So when it comes to dark academia literature, there's two ways to go. Honestly, there's two ways to go when it comes to DA anything. You can focus more on the aesthetic appeal or the academia part of it. So one way you can go is by immersing yourselves in the classics, which is the old Greek and Roman myths and Sophocles' plays like Antigone and Oedipus colonists and basically anything that belongs to the original literary canon. And scholars and academics and people who are interested in this stuff really get into it because of this particular aesthetic, because it, it reaches a really high standard of artistic merit and they're considered really worthy of being studied and it's believed by many that all the plays that were written back then were the originals. Everything has already been written during these classical ages and everything that we create now in some way or the other is influenced by that. Nothing is purely original anymore. So you can only imagine how interesting studying ancient Greek drama and the epics can be. It's not just about plays and pros and all, of course. A lot of ancient philosophers came up with interesting theories, some of which we study today, and studying them is also considered a very dark academia activity. The other way you can go is to study the classics, like the novels that were being published in the early half of the 1900s, till around 1950. These books are about intelligence and they're always going to be refined and intellectual and uh, conversation and thought-provoking content is going to be in them. It's not only about studies and intellect though. There's, There's other ways to read literature which is merely for entertainment or just for the emotions that it evokes in you rather than always trying to intellectualize things which can many times be exhausting and not what people are interested in. In these classics, the setting that you'll find is mostly, again, universities and boarding schools or even museums. Some examples of really good stuff you can check out are The Secret History by Donna Tartt. I think most dark academia and aesthetic enthusiasts have read it. The Picture of Dorian Gray, which, to be honest, took me so long to get through. It's also one of the most brilliant dark academia novels ever, and it's also Oscar Wilde's only novel, so there's another reason to check it out. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein screams Dark Academia right at your face and Dead Poet Society by N.H. Kleinbaum is of course Dark Academia. The movie did turn out to be more famous than the book and I have nothing to say against that. I love the movie with all my heart but the book is definitely worth a check. Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller is such a beloved book But I've never really read it. I think my problem is if people talk too much about it, I can't read it for the life of me. But I can vouch for this book, though. And I hope you'll check it out because I know it's brilliant, even though I haven't read it. And if you love mysteries, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes is the way for you to go. There's so much you can look into here, into that, like four separate novels and collections of short stories. And there's just so much more material. If you're a fellow fantasy reader and can't seem to get yourself to read other stuff because you're a clown like me, I suggest you try The Infernal Devices by Cassandra Clare. I love this trilogy so, so much. It literally owns my heart. Ninth House by Leigh Bardugo, which is completely different from the Shadow and Bone trilogy and the Six of Crows and King of Scars thing that she's got going on, uh, but it's really good as well. And The Lake of Dead Languages by Carol Goodman are really good places to start. And for poetry, some really dark, dark stuff could be Edgar Allan Poe, Emily Dickinson, T.S. Eliot, Keats, uh, Tennyson with his poem Ulysses. All of these should definitely make it to your shelf. I don't think I'm allowed to be biased but dark academia literature is just so exciting. I'm feeling all motivated to read everything now and I don't think I've covered even half of the brilliant DA material that's out there. So I think it's time that we all get started.
2: Dark academia
3: films sort of help set the foundation stone
2: for all those who wish to imbibe this aesthetic into their lives. And the films that are counted as part of this relatively new genre are, are ones of um, very complex themes that explore things that are that we're very usually terrified of, terrified to confront, which um, makes them all the more beautiful. You know, as Donna Dutt said that uh, beauty is terror. Um, dark academia films, they addressed nuanced themes such as um, identity, a broken moral compass, the tragedy of the human condition, the meandering tendencies of principles, the fragility of love, the sinuous nature of loyalty, and so, so much more. And for most, of course, Dead Word Society is the baptismal film that allows one entry into the cult. Another sacramental film, another sacramental factor, is anything Donut Art related like um, the film *The Goldfinch*, which is the sibling of the infamous *The Secret History*. What I personally appreciate about films like *The Goldfinch*, *Kill Your Darlings*, *Black Swan*, *Wild*, *Maurice*, *Mona Lisa Smile*, etc., is it's the unflinching reality portrayed in them, and how films of this kind offer you the comfort of of being terrified of your own reality through the protection of a TV screen and of course the nuanced conversations that art like this creates. The aesthetic qualities of these films are unmatched. Romanticization of learning through a camera is at first um, impossible to think of especially when there are absolutely no words exchanged but then you look at students standing atop class desks and girls chasing after their professor's taxi on bicycles and a man and his unrequited lover just sharing tales of murders by a river when you see all of this you sort of realize how easy it is to fall in love with somebody else's love for learning love for another human being love for poetry love for art love for life itself just through film and you see things in such an altered perception you see fall and winter and friendship and conflict and war and famine ghosts and lovers and rivers and You know, acts of potentially, acts of potential moral death. You see all of these things so differently, so differently just after watching a film that comes out of the DA genre. And one thing that I admire about the films of the DA is, as I mentioned before, how brutally it reflects our reality. But also, how it shows us just how much one needs to dissociate from their reality to enjoy the beauty that could be offered by the world. Or at least the beauty that um, they see through the filter of their own perception. And come to think about it, Neil had to ignore his reality for a while to feel whole on a stage, doing what he loved, even if that was for a very short time. Maurice and Clive had to escape the realities of of soul-crushing loneliness and of course the um, illegal nature of a love like theirs. This makes me wonder, you know, and of course films that make you wonder, they're the best. And all of these films, they sort of make me wonder whether DA, Dark Academia, is truly about existentialism or is it actually about escaping a reality that you don't like looking at? Well, that is a question for another day. Dark Academia at one time used to be just pinterest mood boards or skulls laid over books on tumblr but now it is the most popular subculture of its kind dark academia has promoted from being visually pleasing pictures on social media to an actual lifestyle and the question that arises here is if devotion To such an aesthetic is really what's good for us is it a sense of belonging and beauty or is it superficial conformity now to loosely define the term aesthetic it means a study and philosophy that deals with the nature of art and beauty but in current times it has been reduced to being used as an adjective. It is so aesthetic. Aesthetic Tumblr, uh, Pinterest, aesthetic pictures, to the point where Urban Dictionary defines aesthetic with one word now, just one word, which is beautiful. That's it, That that's all. But is that it? Is aesthetics just something that can please the eye through filters or LED lights. Now, dark academia has stood for a long while as an enigma. We see autumn shades and um, tweed and cable knit wool, classical music, philosophy, art, and literature. This lifestyle, especially during the lockdown, defined every student's own little Bildungsroman through externally unprompted and internally desired learning and creation. That makes sense since through this aesthetic or lifestyle we see young authors and poets and playwrights and composers and artists gain room to study their art and most importantly to study and learn their own truth. So this brings us to another question. Is dark academia, as labelled by R.C. Walden, the next Renaissance? Is that a matter of celebration? Yes and no. As stated earlier, DA has created a welcoming space for all young artists and philosophers to truly explore their interests through the promotion of glorifying and romanticizing the idea of learning. But arguably, DA, if scrutinized under a magnifying glass, is seen also romanticizing ideas such as murder and suicide and um, elitism, depression, eurocentricism, etc. And now let's look at the very bible of dark academia, that is the secret history which provides further evidence to the previous statement that I made. And even though I say to you now that uh, the secret history is a load of toxic bull, and I will also remind you that it is loved arduously by millions, even though it is the token orthodox problem child of DA. I mean, let's face it, Henry called murder redistribution of matter. There you go. Token orthodox problem child. And you know what? Do me a favor. After listening to this podcast episode, search up Dark Academia on Google. Go to images and look for any skin tone apart from Caucasian. And you know what? Don't bother with that either. You won't find it. And... After having my entire christening, my entire uh, baptism through reading the secret history and entering the dark academia uh, realm in its true form and its whole truth, as someone who's brown, the core belief of romanticizing and learning was appealing beyond words. But when I try to look the part... When I try to look the part, I can't help but feel unwelcomed. I can't help but feel that the extent of such elite lifestyle doesn't belong to someone who isn't white or rich or both. I mean, think about it. Any idea why VT Station or the Albert Edward Library, with the right filter, looks so dark academia? Because it's bloody Eurocentric, with the mentality of a colonist, there I said it. And you know what, I'm telling you, John Paul Sartre would have hated dark academia. But it's okay, you don't have to. Dark academia, with how how much ever debate there can exist, could be your space of comfort and your space of belonging. It doesn't have to be something that is rigid because it is an aesthetic it is just a notion an idea that's out there and you can build it you can break it you can twist and turn it you can alter it as per your own comfort where these aesthetics don't necessarily have to be something that you rigidly follow but rather something A space where you feel like you belong. A space where other people understand you and you understand other people.
4: So, Dark Academia is basically an interest in classical literature, languages such as Latin, Greek or French, or interest in architecture, art, poetry and fashion from Western Europe. So, if you feel like following in the footsteps of dark academics or perhaps want to become a part of the trend yourself, there are certain places you should consider paying a visit. Museums, libraries and coffee houses are good places to start. Those who prefer something more special can plan a trip to a Baroque palace, a Victorian street or even an English country estate many enthusiasts of the trend have already found themselves abroad at prestigious universities that just give a very dark academy a vibe now this aesthetic is very western European, so you could also visit uh, universities and museums in italy france england or greece or one could also visit rome and go to the colosseum or visit the morgan library and museum in new york the places that someone who really likes the dark academia aesthetic can visit includes just any museum university or library with a very dark vibe so i think it is safe to say that dark academia is one of the most popular aesthetics and in the recent years it has been gaining a lot of attention on social media So, why is Dark Academia so popular? Well, born on social media, this aesthetic sees users posting photos and videos that romanticizes a passion for art and knowledge. It captures a kind of nostalgia for a life which is yet to be lived. That is the life of an art or a history or a literature student in a Western European university. I mean, who wouldn't want that life? Dark academia turns everyday activities like reading on the sofa with a cup of tea into a performance for online audience. And in 2020, this aesthetic has grown to become more popular. Well, as we all know, 2020 was when the pandemic happened. And Dark Academia provided a dreamy digital substitute for all students whose plans for further education and freedom had been paused by the pandemic. Honestly, just the visuals of Dark Academia can make you interested in the aesthetic. Dark Academia is all about the mystery and being a wallflower
0: and being reserved. But if you are not a reserved wallflower and you are more of a social person, that doesn't mean that you cannot embody the aesthetic. So irrespective of the fact that you are a wallflower or you're not, we present to you with a beginner's guide to the dark academia lifestyle. We've already covered fashion as a whole before, but right now I'm just going to be suggesting some choices that you can go for in order to relate more to the aesthetic. Wear vintage clothes, elegant accessories monochrome colors that emphasize sharp features with purely dark or light colors and jewel tones. I usually find nice vintage clothes at random thrift stores. So just keep an open mind and look for things that match the aesthetic as well as your personality. Listen to jazz and classical music. Now, if this is not your vibe or not your jam, then you can totally by all means skip this step. You don't have to force yourself into listening to a certain kind of music just to adapt to a certain kind of an aesthetic. But if you are one of those people that listen to classical music and jazz music, listening to older, more tasteful music brings a lot of spark and elegance to your life. I personally like to hear the used jazz vinyl crackle. Um, There are multiple types of dark academia. And to me, jazz demonstrates the um, erratic artist spirit of revolutionaries, while Classical music possesses me with this sophisticated spirit of a classicist who has preparing tea down to a science. Next step is lighting candles. Doing things like writing, reading, and getting ready for bed by candlelight makes it seem thrice as elegant and academic. Going to sleep so late never looked so enticing. On the other hand, you could wake up before dawn, light some candles, and study or read. Now again, you don't have to pressurize yourself or ruin your mental health just for the sake of being able to relate to this aesthetic. But it shouldn't be like, so just be moderate about it, don't force anything into yourself. Instead, read your textbooks ahead of time, write essays about anything you'd like at all, just for practice. If you're learning something about in science, devise experiments to illustrate the concepts to yourself and make them easy to remember, if you're reading a book in English, Read a handful of articles about the author beforehand to prepare. Write down quotes from the book, make essay pitches, um, write to your heart's content a critique of a book, an analysis of the book, of gender roles in the book. In history courses, find articles about the subject matter, note them, and write about them. If you're taking a math class, devise applications of the concepts and solve problems of your own creation. Next is going to libraries, museums, bookshops, and coffee shops. These are all really good places to sit in the corner and read for hours on end. Not only do you get the mysterious points, but you get an aesthetic environment and hopefully some piece in which you can devour literature. Make Ancient Roman or Greek food. To be honest, the food uh, was of so much better quality than it is often today, so I would suggest looking into some ancient cuisine archives to look for some recipes for your dinner party. Not only is it most of the time much better than modern food, but it also you know, is so much more elegant. Not to mention it is fun to enlighten yourself and try new recipes which are perhaps completely foreign to you. Perhaps your life is erratic, but you can feel some semblance of order and elegance by creating rituals for perhaps everything. You might start the day off with a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, me, for example, I start my day with making my bed, so that's like a ritual. So that's what I'm talking about. Just feel free to make up really weird winding down routines like, I don't know, closing your windows, meditating for 20 minutes before you go to sleep, anything, literally anything. It just has to be useful and not very time consuming. Next is to hang stuff upon your walls. We've already covered our decor, but things like postcards, paintings, drawings, poetry, snippets from books, mood boards, your routines, lists, places you want to go, people you want to meet, etc., playlists, make it yourself and make it chaotic and most importantly, make it aesthetic. So the activities that you can do in order to feel more in um, line with the aesthetic, uh, just little checklists to get you underway as a fledgling estate. Make yourself tea in pretty teacups. You can find plenty in second-hand stores. Light candles in your bedroom, as I said, and read by candlelight. Dry flowers for your room or desk. Explore second-hand bookstores for old, pretty editions of novels you may or may not have heard of. Give handwritten letters to your friends and yourself, maybe. <laughs> Wake up before the sun rises to watch dawn break. Exist in the real with your books and art and your turtlenecks and plaid coats as a mystery. Social media can give too much away
4: of you anyway. Hi, Ananya. Um, Hi, Tawani. Thank you for being a part of our podcast. Thank you for
1: having me. <laughs> okay.
4: um, I have a few questions to ask you. Um, so, I'll just ask them. Yeah. Uh, so, why do you like Dark Academia so much?
1: Okay, so if we look at Dark Academia, uh, we see that it's really surrounding, um, like especially if you look at the literature, it's surrounding a lot of murder mysteries and um, even the time period that it is taken from, uh, like I read somewhere, it's really taken from, uh, I think it's really based in the Victorian and the Romantic Age and I'm really, like I love both of these things, that is murder mysteries and the Romantic Age. Um, Mm, Yeah. So, yeah, I think just because of that.
4: So, um, talking about murder mysteries and books, do you have a particular book uh, like related to Dark Academia that you really like or any other movie as well?
1: Oh, yes. So, when I talk of books, there is, of course, um, Sherlock. I love, love, love Sherlock Holmes. Um, during the entire lockdown, I really binge read, if that's the first thing, his um entire short stories and all the other collections and of course we have um dead poet society when it comes to movies love that movie yeah, yeah
4: so if you had to incorporate a dark academia in your lifestyle how would you do it oh fashion definitely
1: and of course even um what can i say decor if yeah. that makes sense indeed right? yeah yeah you would look like really good. <laughs> <laughs> dark academia fashion. I hope I do. I mean, I have really, like, I've come across a lot of these um, pictures of libraries, indoor libraries, and all of um, dark, like, uh, of the aesthetic. And it's so appealing. I'm like, I really just want to go there and live, there, live in that library forever. Like, it's so.
4: Yeah, I get that. <laughs> So, oh, do you have anything you want to talk or ask me? Um, what about, I, I mean, so you don't really seem like a
1: dark academia person. I am uh, not. Yeah. But, I mean, if there is something, like like you asked me, what would I want to incorporate? How do you think you'd incorporate dark academia in your life?
4: I think, like, as you said, you have the pictures of libraries. Um, and I would want to go to a library and just stay there forever. Oh, definitely. That's like the best thing to do yeah. in life. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not a dark academia person. I think Haripriya, Delna, you and Harleen, everyone is going to hate me
1: now. Yeah. Delna and I, actually, we did talk about this before, like when we met. Um, I think one of the first questions that Delna asked me, like when we first spoke, rather, she's like, what are your aesthetics? And I was like, I'm a... I'm really confused between girl and dark academia. And she's like, oh my God, same. And I was like, oh. Dark academia made you friends? Yeah, in a way, actually. Yeah, not even kidding.
4: That's great. <laughs> um, so, Ananya, how was your experience working on this podcast? It was great. So, I actually did not
1: uh, know a lot about the aesthetic Like, not as much as I do now, before I, like, really researched and stuff. And I'm actually glad that, you know, working with you guys over this... Like, first of all, you guys are great. Like, I love working with all of y'all. Thank you so much. (laughs) You know, like, uh, I shared, like, a very... um, What can I say? Like, I have a... Connect with all of y'all individually. And that really... I mean, that is something which is very, very... I I can't yeah, yeah. I can't find my word. Um, <laughs> Look, what can I, I say? I understand. Yeah. So I mean, like we, the we, connect that Like Latina. you know us. Yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah.
1: So it like it really helped me um feel comfortable when I was working with you all and like for me personally that is very important. Mm. Uh, and of course like I, I mean I got to know a lot about the aesthetic that I really really loved. I I mean I did not really know it could be incorporated in food and stuff and
4: yeah so now you would eat food related to dark academia i
1: would try to i'm not really like um a lot of like a lot of dark academia food like is about coffee and tea and stuff but i don't know whether i actually drink those i'm i'm really i'm like you know you know me i don't drink hot beverages that much so Mm, you could
4: try something i could just like something.
1: Yeah.
4: (laughs) Ah. Ananya, thank you again for being a part of this Aesthetic Appeal podcast.
1: And thank you for having me. You guys are wonderful and I love the podcast.
4: Thank you so much.
3: So hi Harleen. It's so nice to have you here. Say hi.
2: (laughs) Hi Delna. Hi everyone. I'm so glad to be here.
3: Oh okay. So um, this is one of my favorite episodes that we're doing because it's dark academia and it, it is my favorite aesthetic which isn't mm-hmm. your favorite
2: oh I it is totally uh,
3: mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot of people's favorite aesthetic. um so one thing that we want to know is what really do you like about this aesthetic so much like what attracts you to it
2: um
3: I've
2: the thing is um you know, you must have, in many of the conversations you and I have had, we've um, touched the topic of how there is chaos in order and order in chaos. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: And I am so taken with that entire idea. And I see a lot of that in dark academia, not in just uh, its aesthetic appeal, but also um, when it comes to The very core values, like every aesthetic appeal, every sort of uh, you know, I'm gonna call it a cult because it feels like that. So, uh, this every single little cult has its own um, you know, set of ground rules and little values and a little you know uh, a manual that comes with it. Yeah. And that manual, just one when I when I read it, it, I, I all I could think of was okay, this is so much so chaotic, but also it's 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 so um it has this set of rules, it's got a calm to it mm-hmm. it's it's almost like it, it, daka academia to me looks like um you standing by a shore, it's completely quiet, but you can- it's, it's just silent, but there's a storm like so far away, and you can see it coming to
3: That's a very nice way to describe it um <laughs> yeah no, it's although- like that yeah you you said it has a set of rules, which obviously all aesthetics do have, mm-hmm. but um, what do you think about the set of rules in dark academia?
2: So again, yeah. um, like every other little cult, these set of rules are um, you know set in stone in the sense um, where they're spoken Novembers of a dark academia. And, uh, you know, uh, it's the neutral colors that belong to dark academia and all of these things. The Greek classical, uh, uh, Greek, Greek classics and classical studies belong to uh, dark academia, all of that stuff. Yeah. But there are also a few unwritten and unsaid rules, which are unwritten and unsaid for a reason. That is, um, every single dark academia representation I have ever come across completely um, completely disregards anybody who is not white yeah it completely disregards anybody who is not straight or Mm sishet so i it's it's not a spoken rule but it is out there where the representation is always that Mm
3: -hmm. do you think it's getting better though
2: um sort of, since um, the the lines are uh, the, the lines are blurring more into its aesthetic appeal rather than um, everything else where people are making it more about themselves and making dark academia fit them rather than they themselves fitting dark academia. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it's it's something so when, when they're personalizing this, when they're making it their own thing, it, they're sort of uh, setting their own rules for it yeah and it's making it a little more flexible
3: yeah flexible. you know so to speak yeah yeah um and how do you incorporate this aesthetic into your life or if you haven't already because we know how um how sometimes these aesthetics can be unrealistic and too expensive and stuff like that mm-hmm. so is there any way that you already incorporated into your life, like to sometime in the future
2: thing is i um i realized that this was dark academia way after the incorporation of it began in my uh, life it, it basically when it, it it was in it was during first year where uh, I just st- found myself getting so um the thing about academia is of course the thirst to learn Hmm. and I started getting so 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 ardently passionate about learning stuff Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and I was just like no I I need to I need to just you know grip this thing and just learn all about it and, and just take it all in and that's where I started to really slip into um Sylvia Plath and Virginia Woolf, and Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of these amazing Elizabeth Barrett Browning, all of these amazing poets and authors. And that's where I sort of found the secret history as well. Mm -hmm. So, through all of that, I kind of have um, you know, found that I a bit, I already had a little bit of dark academic. vibes in my life with con- with concerns to what i read and with concerns okay. to my interests i'm i'm so into greek mythology but not exactly mm-hmm. into greek classics mm-hmm. but then i got myself into that after an assignment i got really really i fell in love with it Which so
3: is
2: I, it's it's a third year assignment
3: oh cool okay yeah. <laughs> Um, not me getting a little bit jealous about your cool assignments, but anyway.
2: Oh, it's an amazing assignment. I had I got to do two of them on Aristotle, It's amazing.
3: Oh wow! Okay, well, yeah, that's very interesting, and that is very cool. So it's more about what the it's more about the academia than yeah, from me, yeah
2: because many of these visual things like um, you know having a room a certain way or um, being able to even buy certain books or um, you know buying only hardcovers like my god that's expensive Mm -hmm. and um, uh, owning these clothes that are that I'm not gonna wear sweaters in the summer sorry
3: and and obviously not in India I mean yes
2: (laughs) gosh I'll be sweating my everything off (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. And do you have since you've spoken about film, do you have a favorite movie? Do you have anything in particular mm-hmm. that really interests you?
2: I absolutely of course um Deadpool Society was my um you know was was my christening into this um <laughs> this entire uh, cult. When it hey. came to the film aspect of it. My favorite though is Black Swan. My ultimate favorite.
3: Yeah. I, d- you guys spoke about it, right? We did, it, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody go listen to dissecting the media. It
1: is
3: by the Mira Munch Queens, the Theatre Club, and Herlene is one of the hosts, and they are absolutely brilliant. So yeah, go do that.
2: Thank you. I might just head a tear right now.
3: <laughs> no it's it's really fun so yeah i think that's it is there anything else you want to you want to include you want to talk about and is there anything else you want to ask me
2: you tell me um how did you get into dark academia where did you find it
3: where do i find it i found it um, in that poet society the way most of us find it yes it the first time I watched Dead society I, again uh, I didn't know that it was um, dark academia and when I watched it I didn't watch it on my own I watched it with my mum, and she's not in like she's not into pop culture and like aesthetics and all so I didn't really um, I obviously I loved the movie but I still hadn't gotten into dark academia so that was also mm-hmm. pretty recent but i think pinterest a lot of pinterest uh-huh. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and what's what's your favorite part of this entire cult Ooh.
3: this is actually difficult is, i i think um i i really love even though i don't have a lot of it but i try to um i really love the decor so mm-hmm. yeah the visual part of it the whole mm-hmm. like yeah the whole the actual aesthetic part of it
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, but but then I obviously also love the love film the film part of it mm-hmm. so, no, I can't choose a favorite like I didn't ask you which was your favorite part <laughs> hello <laughs> That's
2: no I, I never said I wasn't evil. I am evil. <laughs> <laughs> No, even I loved the 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 entire thing of about the decor of it. And when I when I actually introduced my grandpa has, has been into interiors all his life, right? So when I introduced um, the a few you know pictures and a few uh, space designs and all that blueprints and stuff to him, we sort of fell into a beautiful conversation about it. But then and then I fell in love with it because of those conversations. And then later I um sort of um. I explored the Baroque style of, um, uh, you know, Baroque style of materials, and I was just like, you know what, nah, that the yeah, other stuff is nothing more compared to this. <laughs> yeah. But,
3: yeah. Even the fashion, uh, though. I mean, like, if, if I was living, I, I'm going to be controversial, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> because we know dark academia is very Eurocentric, most aesthetics mm-hmm. are. Um, if mm-hmm. I was living somewhere in Europe, I I would totally incorporate the fashion into my daily life. Yeah, yeah.
2: that's why. Yeah, it's it's uh, and and I. It's sad how you cannot um easily incorporate it here. Yeah, I
3: mean,
2: Dhaka city has such beautiful fashion. The the freaking Oxford shoes.
3: Oh my God, dude! okay i mean even if we had stuff like this over here it's like i would i would get dressed up and i would walk out and then my family would look at me like what are you doing and (laughs) just go back in (laughs) so yeah which
2: is why um i try to incorporate dark academia when i wear indian
3: Mm, i always
2: try to try to put early themes into what i wear neutral themes
3: yeah I, i don't think we talk enough about um desi dark academia exactly exactly
2: i mean that's the thing right aesthetics blur when you just realize that all of this is about the things that make you that you that makes you comfortable places where you find comfort within um these aesthetics so even if you want to make your culture comfortable to you by incorporating these aesthetics into your culture mm-hmm or make yourself comfortable with the aesthetic by incorporating a culture into that aesthetic, you, you're free to do so. That's the beauty of these aesthetics. It doesn't have to be anything rigid, much like how it, it has been uh, for a long while now, because I feel like everybody in, uh, you know, so ardently in love with dark academia, just, uh, you know, assume it to be something that belongs to the English. Mm. And um, you have to dress like you're from the 1800s if you (laughs) you dress like you're in the 14th century. And yeah, but no, I can, you know, wear a nice shirt with a sari and be like, this is my dark academia.
3: Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That is also totally something a college student would do. (laughs)
2: Exactly, because we're (laughs) broke, we can't do anything else.
3: Yeah,
2: we can't afford aesthetics yet.
3: (laughs) Can anyone, though? Sometimes I wonder how people even afford to live these lifestyles. Like, it's all in my head for me. How do you materialize it?
2: I swear, like, I watch all of these videos, right? Of people, um. So nicely incorporating dark academia into their life and talking about all of these amazing, um, you know, higher, uh, talking about higher art and these really immaculate ideologies and discussing these things. And I'm like, okay, your whatever's com- whatever's coming out of your mouth is fine. Whatever is going on in your head is fine. But where do you get your clothes from? How did you afford yeah, that?
3: Like, like, were you born rich, or is that a way that you got rich? Because then tell us. Because then like just, just tell us. <laughs> yeah,
2: because live. I I am not gonna believe that these videos are bringing you any money. <laughs> <laughs>
3: not
2: not many of us are actually very seriously into dark academia that we actually go watch dark academia centric videos.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> so it was sort of like, okay, where are you getting all that money from?
3: True. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for coming. And thank you I'm, for having I'm me. So yeah, I'm so glad that we got to do this. this I think this was my favorite interview so far. Oh,
2: uh, thank you. You're just being so kind. Thank you. <laughs>
3: Okay, then hopefully we will see you some other time soon.
2: Yes, hopefully.
0: We hope this episode serves as a nice little guide for some of you wanting to get more into the uh, dark academia aesthetic. There is no real right or wrong way to go about it. These are just suggestions from our own experiences and perceptions of the aesthetic. You can check our Instagram at The Skitter Scroll for dark Academia Influencer Suggestions. Um, I would also like to thank uh, Harleen and Ananya for being part of this episode. Uh, you guys have been really amazing to work with and we hope to collaborate with you two more often. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great, great day.